Blog Talk Radio.
Yes, the songwriter says that we worship you, our Lord. We give you all the honor and all the glory. God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. We just heard from Isaiah Hewton and New Breed and the Alpha and Omega. Truly our God is Alpha and Omega. We thank the Lord for waking us up in the land of the living. If it wasn't for the death, the blood, and the resurrection of Christ, where would we be? Truly we love the Lord, and we want to invite you in each week to listen to us Monday through Fridays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. That's USA Eastern Standard Time. We want to give a special shout-out to all our listeners all over the world. We want to thank you for tuning in to the pastor and his wife. I understand you listen to us regularly, and we want to say uh, thank you for listening to us in Russia, as well as the young lady, I don't remember her name at this time, in Taiwan. God bless you. Thank you for your prayers. We thank you uh, for our fellowship church in Jamaica and Pakistan. God bless you. Truly, we love the Lord. It's nothing like beholding the Lamb of God, nothing like be uh, uh, just be in fellowship together as believers. God bless you. Let us listen to Kirk Franklin and now behold the Lamb. God bless you. Amen.
Yes, that songwriter says that each day is a new day into God, that we have an opportunity. Yes, we do, that we have an opportunity to get it right, to live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live by those commandments, and to be a reflection of light. Yes, beloved, that we are created in God's image, that God, death, burial, and resurrection gave us an opportunity to live each day according to the gospel, to be um, a beacon to those that do not know Christ, and to encourage believers that God can do anything but fail. I'll say it again, that God can do anything but fail. Truly, we thank you for listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. Not only can you hear us through the week, but on the weekend from 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Again, that's 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings here in United States Eastern Standard Time. God bless you again. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Remember now, the music that you hear belongs to the artists, and we are here to encourage you to get those CDs to reverence God and to just enjoy the worship, just to enjoy the worship of God and to know that your God can do anything but fail. We love the Lord, and we want just to encourage you that how we walk together, how we uh, treat each other, and what we say out of our mouths to each other It's so very important. You know, if you don't have anything good to say, you shouldn't say anything at all because God has given us a mouth to reverence him, to praise him, to say how excellent is his name and to love each other as believers. Above all things that we need to walk upright as Christians. In the land of fellowship, in the land of worship, in the land of peace all over the world that we want to say how excellent is our God. And let us listen to the River of Life Choir. God bless you again as you listen to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. Amen.
Yes, the songwriter says, in all the earth, how excellent is our Lord's name. God bless you again. We hope that each and every day that you remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Each day should be a day of fellowship, a day of love, a day of forgiveness, and a day of hope that our God can do anything but fail. We have the faith to believe in the death, burial, or resurrection. As Christians, we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to encourage you as you sit back, as you relax, as you enjoy the worship. Um, We want to first start out and just to congratulate all our speakers who have been with us who have uh, been very faithful in teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. We thank you for that. We saw that our call numbers were climbing. We want to thank World Gospel Radio that reaches over 4 million around the world. Thank you for the opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We also want to thank My King Service for the opportunity as well and for you, the listeners, for tuning in to us. Excuse me. We have dynamic speakers. We want to give a special shout out to uh, Reverend Leroy Rice that he uh, teaches the Word of God on Tuesday and he gives us revelation knowledge and break brand and preaches the Word of God on Wednesday. So kudos go out to him and his wife. We understand that our um, that sometimes when you call in based on where we are, we are at the East Coast in the United States, uh, that sometimes the reception may not get uh, be that great, but we want you to call back and make sure you be able to listen to us because when we have stormy weather, when uh, we have a lot of hurricanes or tornadoes or things that come this way, that it will affect our um, communication board. It's nothing on the producer's part, but here in this eastern state of Baltimore, Maryland. So God bless you. Thank you for listening to us and being very faithful. Thank you, Reverend Rice, for letting us know uh, that um, you were concerned about the broadcasting. Truly, we thank you for tuning in each day of the week as well as the weekend. Many of you um, know that I say that Apostle Alexander Lockamy is my godfather. He's coming out of Irwin, North Carolina. Again, that's Irwin, North Carolina. The church is called the Burning Bush, and truly it's a church of uh, signs and wonders. It's a church of going behind the veil and into the inner courts. And we have a man of wisdom. His name is Dr. Alexander Lockamy. And that uh, many of you uh, have expressed how you enjoy listening to his broadcast. So today we're going to uh, play one of his uh, sermons. We want you to sit back, relax, take note as you prepare for your day, as you enjoy the worship and the word of God. Let us go into the inner courts and behind the veil, and let us enjoy the preacher. Amen. Amen. I've had some good days. 
you know what? All of my good days, I weigh my bad days. I Any day of the week, 
any hour of the day, and it will not fail you, not one time. You may thought it failed you, but it really wasn't you. You failed yourself. God's word will never fail. Then Psalm writer picked it up and said, God never failed. He never failed. He's always on time. So we certainly thank God for your listening this afternoon. We ask that you will get your Bible because we want to get into the word of God. And we, I don't want to give you my words so much, and, and I may have some of my words in there, but I want you to give more of God's words than my word because my, my words won't, won't help you make it on tomorrow. But God's word will. God's word will sustain you. It'll keep you. It'll uplift you. It'll give you all the strength you need. You know, he told Paul his grace was sufficient. But God is not just talking to Paul. He's talking to you today. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the hang-up is. I don't care what the habit is. I don't care what the stronghold in your life. The Bible says God's grace is sufficient. That means it's more than enough. I used an example one time how that maybe you was at the grocery store and you got to the counter and you and you to the clerk at the counter and you find out that 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 you had more groceries than you had money and you got ready to take it back, but the person behind you said to the cashier, "No, don't take it back. I will pay for the difference." And he takes out a $20 bill and says to the cashier, this should be sufficient enough to take care of the rest that was left over. In other words, it's enough. This $20 is enough to, to pay for the uh, the lack, to pay for the, the part that he didn't have enough to pay for the grocery. And that's what God's grace is. It's always enough. You may look like you ain't got enough, but God's grace will, it will take up the slack. It's sufficient. It's enough to heal your body, to regulate your mind, to restore your marriage, to restore your joy. But you got to let God's grace work. You can't work God's grace. you got to let God's grace work in you. Maybe you didn't hear me. You don't work God's grace. You let God's grace work in you. So we got too many people trying to work the word of God. You don't work God's word. You let God's word work in you. You ain't going to clean the word of God. The word of God going to clean you. So the word of God needs to be in you. You don't need to be in the word of God. The word of God needs to be in you. But only on the inside can God word. But the Bible said it's searching. Uh, it's searching down into a, to the joint and marrow. It's searching a hidden place in the jam. That, with that, them, places, uh, them places that you don't want nobody to go. The word of God will go there. There where, there where you got them secret sins and all that old hidden lust and, and malice and hatred and bitterness. And thank you nobody don't know nothing about the word of God. will go all in those places and cleanse you from those things that you're trying to hide. See, that's why John the Baptist said, oh, I'm not going to this way, but let me go on this way anyway. John the Baptist said, when he got ready to baptize Jesus when coming down to the Jordan, he said, I baptize you with water. He said, but the one coming after me is preferred before me. In other words, he's better than me. Uh, uh, I don't even compare myself to him. He's preferred before me. And John said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and that with a mighty burning fire. And then John turned around and said, and this fire will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. So what was the chaff? The chaff is that lust that is in you and you don't want to let go. That, that chaff is that lines in you. That, that, that chaff is that adulterousness in you. That chaff is that uh, fornication in you. Mm-hmm. That, 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 chaff, that, that chaff is them strongholds you don't want to let go. The Holy Ghost will burn up the chaff. It'll burn it up without burning you up with the unquenchable fire. It'll burn up that attitude. It'll burn up that meanness in you. It'll burn up that bitterness in you. Uh, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. Thank God for salvation. It's going to get to heaven. It's gonna, salvation is going to get us to heaven. But the Holy Ghost is going to clean us up so we can go to heaven. 
The Holy Ghost is going to bring up all that malice, bring up all that hatred that you think don't know nothing about it, that they're having respect of a person, favoritism. The Holy Ghost comes to burn all that stuff up. That's what the Holy Ghost comes for, to purify us, to cleanse us, not just to... I know he said that I came that you have power. I know the Holy Ghost come. You should have power. That's not just power for ministry, but power over your behavior, power over your shortcomings, power over your fault, power over your hang-up, power over your habits that you keep on doing over and over again. When you've been born again, you ain't got no business going to the back to the lip of stone. Maybe you did. Maybe you went back that week when you first got saved, and oh God is still sanctified and purifying. It might even went back that month, but it's been five years, and you still going to the lip of stone. You need to let the heart shot, bo bo bo. You need to let the Holy Ghost burn that mess out of you, because folks, it, it seems that you don't want to let it go. See, when well, God can't burn out what you don't let go, mm-hmm. you can't you can't burn wood in a heater that you don't put in a heater. You know, I, I used to be, when I came up in the country, my job was to make the fire in the morning, and I would put the wood in the heater, and, and that heater could only burn the wood that I put in it. If you don't put this stuff in the heater, in the Holy Ghost, and said he'll burn it up with a mighty burning fire, if you don't put it in the heater, God can't burn it up. You've got to give it to God. you got to say, God, i got to tell, be honest to God. Say, God, I, I, I'm yours. I belong to you, but I messed up, Lord. i got issues in my life, Lord. I'm still committing adultery, God. I'm still committing fornication. I'm still drinking, God. I'm still doing drugs, God. I'm still fornicating, God. God ain't going to get mad at you. Say, are you doing all that? I'm going to kill you. No, he's not, baby. He's going to forgive you, and he's going to cleanse you. The Bible says, confess your fault. God is just and faith to forgive you for all your sins. Then he said he'll cleanse you. See, what's wrong with this generation is they get forgiven, but they don't get cleansed. Still singing in the choir, committing fornication. Sitting in the pulpit uh, with a title of an uh, apostle. But a girlfriend you're going to go meet when you leave church. Baby, Paul said these things ought not be. We, 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 we ought to set an example. If you if you that way, God is able to cleanse you. He's able to forgive you and purge you. Don't go talking about it got me and I can't let it go. Yes, you can. Ain't nothing in your life that you can't let go. Ain't nothing in your life that the Holy Ghost can't burn up. But you got to give it to God. you got to do like the songwriter says, let them kiss and say goodbye. you got to say goodbye to that mess and let God have it so he can make you a vessel of honor. God wants you to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and fit for the mouth of you. God wants to be able to use you. But let me slow down a little bit. You got to understand that people are eating your life. That's why when Jesus told them, "You're gonna drink my blood and eat my flesh," they got offended. Jesus said, "What do you mean? What do you mean, drink your blood and eat your flesh? What? What? what you a vampire? Something? Or what you with? That don't even sound right. They don't because they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. People gonna eat you. People gonna eat you spiritually. They're gonna eat the spiritual man in you. That's why God wants that spiritual man to be clean. You wouldn't go to no restaurant and eat." And you see that that waitress back there uh, 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 putting her hand on everything dirty that she can put her hand on. They'll put her hand on your bread and your chicken and bring it out. Because you ain't going to eat that because you know it's unclean now because her hand is unclean. So it is with you. God wants your life clean so people can eat your life, so they can eat that, that, that word that is on the inside of you. And they can feel confident that when they eat it, it came out of a clean vessel. Oh, that sounds tight to me. But I want to talk this evening what God gave me, but I'm going to get on into it. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. Let me say it again. 
God said, tell the world, radio world, it's time to move up. Somebody is setting still. Somebody's in a dug out situation. My first topic is stuck in the past, trying to move forward to the future. Stuck in the past, trying to move forward to the future. You can't move forward to the future until you get out of the stuckness that you got in the past. God wants you to move forward. Paul ran up against this situation in one of the cities where he got there, and they were talking about who baptized them. One time I'm baptized in the name of Paul. I'm baptized in the name of John. Uh-uh-uh. I'm baptized in the name of this one. I'm baptized in the name of that one. Paul said, I'm glad I ain't baptized none of you. You should be saying you're baptized in the name of Paul. Paul said, these things don't mean nothing. It don't matter who baptized you. Well, the, oh, the apostle baptized me. The bishop baptized me. It don't matter. If a little child baptized you, it's all the same. You've got to baptize them. And we worship those things that be baptized us. And here they were worshiping the men that baptized us. Paul said, I didn't really baptize but one or two folks. And I'm glad I didn't baptize y'all so there wouldn't be no confusion. Talking about little simple things. Paul said that you ought to be eating meat and you're still drinking milk. Because you're still talking about who shake my hand. Come to find out the sister ain't been to church for three weeks because she said the pastor shake everybody's hand but her. Here you is, want to carry spiritual gifts. Here you want to be a mighty warrior, a mighty veil with God, and you can't get over shaking somebody, not shaking your hand. Somebody, she didn't speak to me. She saw me standing over there, and then would come and she spoke to everybody else. Grow up. Grow Somebody say, grow up. That is childish. You there looting your joy, looting your anointing. Ludia, ain't praise the Lord in a whole month because somebody didn't shake your hand. I'm so glad the handshake ain't, ain't, ain't hooped to my praise. Oh, my God, my God. David said, I bless the Lord at all times. And praise will continue to be on my mouth. You can't let people bound you. You can't let people dictate your life. You can't let these things that people do to you keep you in a dugout situation. You can't go forward because Susan May, who you don't like, is sitting on the front seat looking at you cross out every time to come in the church. At least that's what you think it is. And you can't go forward. You can't sing in the choir. You can't usher on the other board because that, that church, they don't like it at that church. It may not be them. It just may be you. Everywhere you go, if every church you go to, they don't like you, you need to go start your own church so you can like your own self. Because something's wrong somewhere when you caught up with people liking you. And this is a church ain't about going to liking nobody and who like who and who like this. The church is of the living God. Our job is to make a difference in the life of others. And you can't you can't help nobody until you move forward yourself. You got to move out of what you're going. So let us get into the script. I'm excited. I said I won't give a whole lot of my word, but I got excited about that there. Amen. So let's go with Psalms. Let's go to Isaiah 43 and 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now let's talk about what moving on is, what the definition of moving on. It means it's successfully, it means to move on or to make progress on something you've been bent on or in order to move forward. It means to make progress on something that you've been doing for a long time and it ain't doing nothing but sitting still. If you ain't making no progress, you are not moving on. 
All you're doing is like a soldier, mark time mark. You you move your feet, but you ain't going nowhere. I said on last on the last broadcast I was on, that a lot of Christians it is it, it, like a, a rocking chair. Uh huh. It moves backward and forward, but it won't take you nowhere. I don't care how long you rock it all day long. When you get through rocking, the rocking chair will be sitting right there in the same spot. And that's what we do. We rock the church and we rock back home. We rock the church and we rock back home. We rock the church and we rock back home. Ain't grew, still, still sitting in the same place. Ain't no more anointed than we were when we went last time. Paul said it's time now that we let go of the element of still repenting, still repenting. You've been saved six years, still repenting over the same old thing. Paul said it's time we leave repentance. And go on to to, to greater things, on laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. It's time that you move into your gifts now. You've been sitting there long enough. So the pastor ain't gave me nothing to do. Pastor ain't called you. God called you. God is one going to give you something to do. Then when you do it, the pastor see you doing it, and then maybe he'll give you a position to do something. How pastor going to give you something to do you ain't doing nothing? You ain't did nothing. Nothing for nothing, leave nothing. He can't give you something to do. You don't do nothing. The Bible says your giver made room for you. You ain't trying to proper fly. You ain't trying to speak in tongues. You ain't trying to lay hands on nobody. You know, the pastor's going to observe you. That's what I do. I observe my members. I don't try to stop the one operating in the kill, but I'm observing them because I want them to be decent in order. I ain't for that crazy mess now. I've got my eyes on you. If God have anointed you, if God truly calls you, I'm going to know God called you. And I ain't trying to be perfect. I ain't trying to be your judge. I ain't trying to, you know, judge nobody about whether or not God is talking to them. Uh, because the gift will make room for itself. It will speak for itself. And you start getting all left field out of that crazy stuff now, I may have to stop you. Because I am responsible for all that stuff you telling my sheep that tell the members there, it ain't of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So that's all kind of stuff going on in the church now. Get up in the in the middle of the church and rebuke the bishop. You can't rebuke a bishop. Bishop, you can't rebuke rebuke an overseer. The Bible says rebuke not my leader in the congregation. The Bible says rebuke not an elder in the congregation of 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 the, of the saints. And then these young folks think because they got a little anointing to prophesy, they're gonna get up and rebuke the elder, rebuke the overseer. Rebuke the apostle right in front of all the people. You don't qualify to rebuke that apostle. If God wants that apostle, rebuke, he'll send a prophet. He'll send someone like he didn't, like Nathan did David. No no little individual could have went to David and prophesied to him. God had to send the man was anointed. So God had to send an anointed man to prophesy to him. These little rookies in church, now this got saved yesterday, don't stand up and try to rebuke somebody when they need to go somewhere and sit down because they don't qualify to rebuke no elder. And the Bible said don't do it in the first place. You don't rebuke an elder. You don't put go out there and bring somebody to an open shame because you know something about them and the Lord told me to tell you this and the Lord told me. No, you need to go sit down and learn how to prophesy and get the thing right. But there's a way to do everything decently and in order. Oh, this is getting good to me. Remember not the former thing, remember? But consider the things of old. That's what Isaiah 43 and 18 says. Remember not the former thing. Quit quit hanging on to yesterday, worrying about what somebody did you, how they hurt you, and you won't let it go. Uh, then you in a new day now. In order to make it to tomorrow, you got to let yesterday go. In order to enjoy the day, you got to quit worrying about tomorrow. 
You got to let yesterday go and quit worrying about tomorrow in order to see today. Remember not the former things and consider not the things of old. God said, I'm going to do a new thing now. God wants us to be right now so he can use uh, that he can use us right now with a new thing. But in order for God to do something new, you got to get rid of the old. you got to get out of that stuck situation that you're in. Uh-huh. The spinning wheels ain't going nowhere. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, any man is in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things pass away. The whole all things had to come new. Quit telling people you saved if you're not going to walk like a Christian. Quit telling people you saved if you will not let God sanctify you and lay down these wasted sins or eat them upset you. You can't keep on drinking as much liquor. Now you were drinking before you got saved. Now you're drinking more after you got And you're talking because you made a confession. No, baby, this is more than confession. This is where people mess it up. They say because they went to the altar and somebody made them uh, uh, say, say uh, you know, repeat after them, uh, uh, Mary, baby, and Jesus died on the cross, and she was born by the Virgin of Mary and, and all that stuff that you said born again. No, baby, your nature got to be changed. And you got to believe this thing in your soul until your whole nature changes. But God's going to give you a brand-new nature. That's why he said old things pass away. The whole old thing become new because he gave you a new nature. He take it out of you the Adamic nature that Adam had in the Garden of Eden. So when Adam descended in the Garden of Eden, an Adamic nature entered into man. Man had no Adamic nature until Adam descended. Man was pure. He was clean. He was innocent. He didn't even know the man, the boy didn't even know he had no clothes on, and the wife didn't either. He didn't even know they were naked. That's how innocent they were. But when the bit of the forbidden fruit, then this Adamicness came in, condemnation of, of sin. Death entered into the garden. And now that our damn nature is in us until we've been born again. Uh-huh. Until we get that nature of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The nature of Christ. Until the nature of Christ is in us, we still got that damn nature. And, and the scripture said it like this. In Adam we died, but in Christ we live. In Adam we had the nature of Adam, but in Christ we got the nature of Christ. Anybody hear what I'm saying? When you've been born again, God took away the nature of Adam that was in you, that Adamic nature, and he gave you that spiritual nature, that nature of Jesus Christ. So you're a new creature now. And, and old things pass away. You're not cussing because you don't want to cuss. You don't have the desire to cuss. You don't have the nature to cuss. See, in that Adam nature, you cuss. You lied. You cheated. You committed adultery, fornication. You did everybody else wrong. You bought the money, didn't pay them back. In the Adam nature, you did that. But in the Christ nature, you have been born again. You are a new creature. You got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And God don't commit adultery. God don't commit fornication. God don't drink liquor. God don't smoke cigarettes. God don't chew tobacco and dip snuff. God don't hang out at the club. You are a new creature. All things are passed away. So check yourself. Ask yourself a question. If you still doing the old things you did when you were lost, then, then, then it may be you feel lost. Because when God comes in you, he gives you a new nature. I say this so often. Let's use this for an example. If you take a hog and you take and wash him and put a suit on him and some shoes on him, you think he's going to go to church Sunday morning? No, he ain't. You think he's excited because you did that to him? No, he's not. You know why? 
The only thing you did was change his outward appearance. You didn't change his nature. He's a hog. He's supposed to wallow in the mud. He's supposed to get dirty. So he's going to take that suit you put on him and go right back to that mud and wallow in that mud with them $300, take it out of you, put on his seat. He's going to take them right back to the mud because you changed his outward appearance, but you didn't change his nature. And the Bible says like a dog who threw up his vomit and then went back and eat it. When you go back in the world after God and save you, you're like a dog that threw up his vomit, threw that mess up, threw up that filth. Then you went back out in the world and ate that filth that you threw up. I ain't mad at the hog because he went back in the world with your $1,000 suit on and your shoes. I'm mad at you for not having no better sense to know to put that on him because you didn't change his nature. He went back to where he said he was supposed to go back to the mud. If he would have went to church, I would have thought something wrong with the hog because his nature has not changed. And until your nature changes, change, you're going to keep on cussing. Until your nature changes, you're going to keep on lying. Until your nature changes, you're going to keep on committing adultery. Huh? You're going to keep on doing the things in the flesh. The Bible says they that walk in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that walk in the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Now, you say you're spiritual, but you're doing the things of the flesh. Ask yourself, which are you? The Bible says the one that you obey is your daddy. I didn't say that. Oh, now look at your apostles. Now you tell them the devil's my daddy. I didn't say that. The Bible said the, daddy, the devil was your daddy. He says you obey the daddy. Whoever you obey, he's your father. If you obey the devil, he got you committing adultery, committing fornication, living in that fleshly life, lasciviousness. Just, just, the one I said, I ain't talking about mistakes. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about we make mistakes. We all see him and come short of the other glory. But you don't make a lifestyle out of it. Every day, you know in the morning when you get up, you're going to see him. You know when you get up in the morning, you're going to go do wrong. You ain't got no, I don't know, no mindset to do obey the Lord. That's why you know you're lost. That's why you know you ain't got a new nature, because you still want. John said, the third John said that you don't want to sin no more. And what he meant by that is because God will take the nature of sin out of you. How can you sin when you ain't got no nature of sin in you? Huh? How can you commit fornication when you don't have a nature of commit fornication? The desire is gone. God has taken the nature of it out. You're in the spirit now. I ain't saying you won't be tempted by these things. I ain't saying you won't be tempted. The devil tried to tempt you to commit adultery, tempt you to commit fornication, tempt you to, you know, to, to just be a lasciviousness and an alcoholic. I ain't going to say he ain't going to try to tempt you, but the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. But I'm talking about when you live a lifestyle day by day doing the same old thing and no, you have not changed. Come on. We as leaders, we, we, we are have a responsibility to walk holy. It's time that we put, we'll lift up the standard of holiness again. We make holiness look like that it's nothing. We, we, we make it look like that God ain't holy no more. He ain't interested in holy no more. He, he don't matter where we be holy no more. No, 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 no. We are responsible to hold up the standard. The Bible says you name the name of Christ. Ought you not walk like him? Oh, my, 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 my. Let us go to Proverbs 4 and 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your glaze be straight before you. This is how we go forward. Quit looking at the things that are behind you, but look forward to the things that are before you. Quit looking at the mistake you may Get up and go ahead. You fall down, we get back up. Quit, quit, quit repeating the same thing over and over again. It's all right to be tripped by another sin, but don't keep being tripped by the same old sin. When God forgives you, repent. Listen, and we got this thing, oh, we got this repentance thing all messed up. 
you got it all twisted. A lot of folks are standing before God and be just lost and lost and be because they they were badly mis, uh, misled and deceived, thinking that because they told God to forgive and they repented. Telling God to forgive you is not repentant. Repentant means to stop. Repentant means to quit. Repentant means to leave it alone. Don't mess with it no more. That's what repentant is. It means to come out and don't go back. He said, come out from among them, said the Lord, and touch not that unclean thing. Then I'll receive you and be your God, and you'll be my child. we got so many Christians wanting God to receive them, and they still in that mess. God ain't going to receive you as long as you're in the club. God is not going to see you as long as you honor them sheep. God is not going to see you as long as you keep on wallowing in that mud and marrow and that mess that God brought you out of. He said, come out. He didn't say he's going to come get you. He said, come out yourself and touch not the unclean things. Then he said, I receive you and be your God. I want him to be my God. I don't know about y'all, but I want him to be my God. I, I, I always, from the time that I got saved, I always wanted to be, and, and, and I had not been now, but I said I wanted to be a man out of God on heart. I made my mistake. I had my shortcomings, but I've tried to, get, to, to repent quickly and get up and ask God to forgive me. you got to repent quickly. Don't wait the next week, next year to repent of something you did. Get up and repent quickly and ask God to forgive you and try not to do it no more. And if you do it again, three, three, two, nine, you do it more than two or three times, you, you, you ain't know that that is not true. That is not, God would not have told you to forgive your brother. Seven times seventy one day, and then he turn around and don't forgive you but three times. That is not scripture. Uh our sins have been paid for. Listen, our sins have been paid for from the foundation of the world. When Jesus offered up in the heaven once, he offered up never to do it no more. He don't he don't have to do like the high priest. Jesus don't have to come every time you sin and, and offer up himself for you and, and for God to forgive you because he already done done it. He did it forever. The Bible says he did it as a high priest. As Machete did, he went before the throne of God. He shed the blood once, never to do it no more. Well, you say, well, Pastor, well, then if he did that once, not to do it no more, then why should I repent? Because God told you to. Because God said God speaks it that way. Even though Christ died on the cross and paid the price for your sins, you still got to confess them. The just to confess your fault. God is just, listen, confess your fault. God is just, once you confess them, it's done. It's over with. I don't care what nobody say. They can talk about you all they want to. They can say you ain't a Christian all you want to. They can say you ain't real all you want to. Once you confess your fault to God, God said, I will forgive. He said, he's just. He ain't no lying God. He ain't trying to fool you. He said, he's just and faithful to forgive you for all your sins and cleanse you. Quit beating yourself up. So God just showed me just in the spirit. Somebody that in the road of your world, you're beating yourself because you did something wrong. And yes, you was in a leadership position and you feel bad and you feel guilty. And you letting all them devils out there, excuse me, you letting all them folks out there call themselves apostles and got a title because they're looking down on you and making you feel bad because of what you did like God ain't forgave you. Honey, if God said he forgave you, he forgave you. And you don't need their approval. You don't need nobody to approve to you that God forgave you. You just get on up and, and shake yourself off and, and get out of that mess that you were in and walk holy before God. God will restore you. He will revive you. He will renew you. He will lift you up above them. And you will see some of them falling while you're going up. The Bible said if a brother be counted a fault, lift him up in the spirit of me. It say judge him. It didn't say get up on the Internet and talk about it. It, 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 it is a go on some game, some show on TV and and and, 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 and scandalize the brother's name. The Bible said if a brother be found in a fault, 
Lift them up in the spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. What that means? The same devil tempt him going to tempt you. And if you don't help that brother and pray with that brother and lift that brother up in the spirit, God's going to allow something to come in your life, and no matter how much you pray, you ain't going to get no answer. It's going to knock you down off your feet so God can show you that you ain't no better than that person was. Ain't none of us in no position to judge nobody. Oh, this is getting good to me. Ain't none of us in no position to judge nobody. John 5 and 8 said, Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed. In other words, he had to do something. Listen to this. In order to move forward, you will have to approach the situation in a different way. See, that's what's wrong with some of us. That's why we're still in the situation we're in, because we keep on approaching it the same way. If you keep on doing something the same way and it doesn't change, you need to do something different. You need to, you need, you need to approach it in a different way. Uh-huh. You may have to think out of the box. You may have to think bigger than what you're thinking. Maybe you, maybe you're in that little situation because you keep taking a little. Now, I, this was true with me. When I was coming up looking for a, for for someone to date and someone to love, especially as being a Christian, and someone to be my future wife, I always would end up with folks that that didn't have no love of God in them. I I always ended up with folks that didn't care, folks that. That were bruised, folk that were wounded, folk that wanted to take it out on me when somebody had did it. And I wondered to God, God, why I always end up with these same people? Because I didn't have a high standard. I got just what my standard was. I didn't matter to me. I didn't matter to me whether they were great or not. I, I just wanted someone to love me. And the one that I got to love me were the ones that hurt me. But when I lifted my standard, see, some of you need to lift your standard. That's why you keep doing That's why you end up with that no good boyfriend, because you won't lift your standard. You think you can't have nobody better. Honey, you can have somebody better. You you paying his bill, he's there home eating up the chili cornflakes, and he, you there working, and he there only, they can't even play the video game with him, legs sticking all out on the couch and can't even get by, and you there working for him and putting gas in the car and riding him all over the place. Doctor, will you please come and let me tell you, you can do better than that. Huh? You can do bad by yourself. And if you keep on letting your standards stay down, that's what kind of person you're going to get. See, you have to lift your standard and make the person come up to where your standard is. You have to let a man know that he's not going to run over you any kind of way. He's just going to sleep with you and get two or three babies, five or six babies, and then he's going to run. And guess what? After he give you four or five babies, he ain't going to marry you. He's going to marry somebody else who ain't got no babies. And then he going to say, them baby, you got any old. Then you got to fight him in the courtroom. They're trying to prove that them his baby. So uh, be versatile. What I mean by that, keep yourself. Keep yourself so God can give you. Maybe you done made that mistake. Nobody's condemning you. But let the day be a brand new day. Move forward. Oh, move. That's what the message is about. Move forward. Move and lift up your standard and move forward. So what? Now, when you lift up your standard now, when you move forward, you ain't going to find God any kind of way uh, coming towards you. Because they know that you ain't going to fall for that mess. They know you're not going to let them come in the back, though. They're not going to let you. They know you ain't going to let them come in the front, though. They know you're not going to get on that sheet with them. So for that reason, they ain't going to want to mess with you because you won't give in to them. You won't give yourself to but it's okay. God got somebody out there. Shot God got somebody to wait for you. Do you hear me? God got somebody to wait for you. Huh? God got somebody that is virtuous, somebody that is holy, somebody that is not willing to let the standard down. 
to please the Lord. And if you if you hold up your standard, God will give you somebody who got a standard. Give God something to work with. Quit giving yourself up. Quit giving up your innocence to the guy that don't care nothing about you. Call yourself, put a notch on their gun. And just as soon as they go to bed with you, they're going to go tell some guy, call you this name and that kind of name. And I won't use the word, but they're going to try to scandalize your name now that you done lay with them. Huh? But make them respect you. Young lady, make these guys respect you. Move on. Move on. Move on to somebody that care about you. Move on to somebody that respect you. Move on to somebody that ain't calling you all them kind of names. These men that call you all kind of names, you're going to go with him. Don't go with no man that disrespect you and call you all kind of names. You know what kind of name they be calling you. Don't go, go with no young man like that. Uh, uh, lift your standard higher than Be somebody. And just because you got a baby, too, just because you got your, don't mean you can't go back to college. Just can't, you can't better yourself. Don't mean you can't get a career. Move out of that position that you're in. It's kind of like in the military. You know, when they're in the military and a war going on, if they know your coordinates is, then they can drop a bum right there where you at. And see, that's what the devil is. The devil knows your coordinates because you don't move. You're going to be right there tomorrow, next week, we got a that, the month of there. Then when this old bad, no good guy leaves, he'll come a nerd, he's going to tell him, man, I went there with her. She let anybody come in. And then he's going to come and stay for a while, a week or two or six months, and then he's going to leave on the nerd. No, you need to shut the door, baby. You need to move. You need to respect yourself. You need to give yourself audible unto God so God can give you. You hear me? I, I, when I was looking for my wife, I had to sanctify myself. I had to live holy. And the woman that I met, we had to live holy. You hear what I'm saying? And then when you meet that mate, don't go go to bed with them before you get married. Live a virtuous life. You hear me? Yes, the desire to go to bed with, with my with my wife, I wanted to. The desire was the devil tried to tempt us. But you know what? When you don't do that, it makes the marriage, it comes to make the marriage better. It makes the relationship better. And we didn't. Folks were talking about us, y'all crazy. Why are you going to go to wear a woman you ain't never been to bed with? Baby, don't, don't let some man steal your virtue by, by, by playing that role with you, telling you if I can't go to bed with you, I ain't going to marry you. Baby, you, you, you stand your ground, huh? You stand your ground and be virtuous. Uh, you know, be holy. And, and me and my wife did not go to bed with each other. We waited on the Lord. And, and you know what? And that was the best thing we ever did. We can be respectful and not look back now and say that we laid all up before we got married. And here we celebrating 42 years. 42 years, she's still the same woman. Oh, hadn't changed, but nothing but got better. And I thank God for her. 42 years, 22 grandbabies. God has blessed me greatly. And I've been with the Lord over 40 some years, and I ain't fit to go nowhere. You hear me? But a higher height and deeper depth. It's my desire. It's my privilege to be on this radio here to make a difference. I'm here not, not for a show, not for praise, but I'm here to make a difference in your life. That I might say something that will make a difference in your life, that will tear down a stronghold in your life, that will lift a burden out of your life, that will heal a wound in your life. Oh, my, 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 my. Let us go a little further. It's getting good now. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the pride of the upward call God in Christ Jesus. You got to, in order to move, see, sometimes in order to move, you got to press. Satan wants you to stay right there in that deadlock situation. He don't want you to move. He wants you to be stuck right there. But you got to make up your mind that you're going to move. You got to do like the, 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 the left of men that was at the, at the gate of Samaria. They said that they were going to die anyway. They had leprosy. And in those days, if you had leprosy, they put you outside the gate of the city. And you said that you couldn't be with the people. But 
because you were defiled. You was unclean. So they said that they gave the city to die. But in the city was a famine because the, the Syrian had surrounded the city so that so that Samaritan couldn't get out. So they couldn't get out. They couldn't go get no food. And so they were starving them. That's the way they win the battle back there. They starve you out. So the, so so uh, they said the the leopard men said there were three of them. They said that they said we go in the city, we're gonna die because there was no food in the city. They said if we go to the enemy, we're gonna die. But preventive, he may let us live, and we won't die. So they had they took they, they got up with hope, even though there was no hope. They said if we go in the city, we're gonna die. If they kill us, we're going to die. Well, what did they We're going to die either way. We said here we're going to die. He said, well, we're going to go up and go to them. Pre-adventure, they will let us live and make us servants. So the Bible said they got up in faith. They moved. They moved out of that dead situation. They were dying, church. They will die if they're sitting there. You're going to die if you keep sitting there. You're going to die. You've got to get up so God can make a difference. You know you're in a relationship. And it ain't going nowhere. That man done beat you so many times until the police don't even want to come to your house no more. Because all they know that you're going to do is turn around and let him come back. You need to make up your mind that it is over. You need to make up your mind that you will, he done beat you up so bad to a point that you about, oh, my, my, my. I ain't going to say that. But you about in a place where nobody else going to want to even be with you because you've been beat up so bad. And you and you're scared, you're afraid. Cause he said he's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill you anyway if you keep staying there in that situation. What you need to do is move that faith. Don't go telling him, look, this is why you keep getting beat up. Cause you tell him you're gonna leave. Don't tell him you're gonna leave. Don't tell him you're gonna leave no more. Let him know you're gone when he get home. He'll know you're gone. You quit telling him you're gonna leave and tell God to fix that. And when God fixed it, don't you go back. Don't you go back. When God bring you out. Don't you go back. Don't you look back. Because when God made one man, he made another man. You ain't the only man. In the, he ain't the only man in the world. No woman, no man to get so caught up in one person. No girl, no teenager, boy. We still commit suicide now. Because that boy broke up with them, and they're going to commit suicide. Or that girl broke up. I come out and help somebody deceive us. Don't never fall in love with someone and suffer with it. They rule your spirit that way. They rule you that way until you would die if you can't be with them. If, if, if you're going to love someone that way, let it be God. If you're going to love, Harry, hear me? If you're going to love someone that way, let it be God. Don't never give yourself to a man or a woman that way until they control your life, until if you can't have them, you gonna don't want to live. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who said to me, I'm coming out to tell you, with the help of God, you can get out of the situation you're in. With the help of God, you can do better. And the help of God, you can get it out of that stuck situation then. Because we're talking about being stuck. We're talking about moving forward. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to move somebody. Because if you stay there, if you don't get out of that situation, it's going to destroy you. It's going to make you commit suicide. It's going to make you have a nervous breakdown. You need to get out of it. huh? You need some joy. You ain't had no joy in a long time. And this situation that you're in has stole all your joy. And you don't know when the last time you, you smiled. You don't know when the last time you danced. You don't know when the last time you gave God a praise because you know you're going home to trouble. You know you're going home to a bad husband, to a bad wife, to a house full of children talking back to you and disrespecting you. You know this, and you don't know. But I come by to tell you what the alpha is. Acknowledge God. See, you've been trying to fix it yourself, and that's why you had not got fixed. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. Huh? Acknowledge God. 
You, you hear what I'm saying? Proverbs 16 and 3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plan will be established. That's what it means. Acknowledge God. Commit it to the Lord. Tell God you're tired. Tell God, Lord, I'm tired of this. God, I'm tired of this man beating me. I'm tired of this man controlling me. I'm tired of this woman doing this. I'm tired of my children acting like this, God. I'm tired of my supervisor doing me like this, oh God. I'm tired of my neighbor doing this to me, God. you got to acknowledge God. See, it's God's responsibility to take care of you because you belong to him. But he can't do it until you give him permission. you got to acknowledge him. And honey, when you acknowledge God, shot when you acknowledge God, the angels of the Lord, my God, they get busy. Don't you remember when Elijah was in trouble and the king was out, sent all the men out of Elijah and they had the, they had the, the, they had the fortress surrounded? And Elijah's servant said, at last, at last, man of God, they done got us now. We in trouble. And Elijah told God to open the servant's eyes so he could see. And when God when God opened that servant's eyes, the angels of the Lord was in camp around about there, around about the fortress. They was up there in the air. And I mean it was thousands of them with their sword drawn back. Do you not know you got angels in charge of you? I feel the anointing on this earth. Do you not know you got angels in charge of you? Angels that's supposed to protect you? Angels that's supposed to secure you? Angels that's supposed to bring you out of all that mess you in? But you got to know this. And you got to commit your way into the Lord. God, he will not hear your prayer not answer you. If you commit this thing to God and leave it alone and say, God, you know what I like about the old folks a long time ago, whenever they ran out of, when they ran out of something to say, they don't pray because they get around the altar and pray all day, all night. Then they went out of, when they ran out of words to say, they said, Lord, I know. Oh, honey, when you thought saying, Lord, I know. In other words, Lord, I don't know, but you know. When you said, Lord, I know, honey, God going to fix it. I t- I'm, 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 I'm challenging somebody. I'm telling you, give it to the Lord. Commit your weight unto the Lord. Tell God about what you're going through. Quit sitting there acting like you're scared, acting like you think God don't care. God knows. He's waiting for you to surrender, to give it, and he's going to put angels in charge of you. You hear me? I told, I, I had a dream, and, and in this dream, this lady came to me, and she was telling me how that her husband was beating on her, how this man was beating her, and he kept beating her. And she told me about it. And, and while we were talking, the man came up in the yard. I had told her before he got there. I said, listen, this is the day you're delivered. This man will not beat you no more. He will not put another hand on you, thus, say the Lord. So he walked up to the door, and I walked out, and he comes in the yard talking ugly to me. I won't tell you all the things he said. He told me who you think you are here in my house. You don't get out of my yard. I, I told him, thus said the Lord, you will not beat her no more. And while the man was talking to me, the man fell dead right there in the yard. But what I'm trying to say here, honey, God going to fix your situation. Somebody said, God ain't no killer. Honey, God going to fix your situation. I ain't going to take this back if you got to kill somebody. Honey, if he got to allow death to come to their house, God going to fix it. What you got to do, commit it to the Lord. You got to know that God has the ability to to fix this problem. God is bigger than your problem. He's bigger than all your fears. He's bigger than all your circumstances. He's bigger than everything you're going through. He's bigger than all your hurt. He's bigger than what that man doing to you. You ain't got to fear that man that only can destroy your body, but fear God destroy mind, body, and soul. Psalm 31 and 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord, be strong. I encourage you, don't be fearful. Be strong. Get on your knees and pray and give it to the Lord and be strong. Watch God fix that man. Watch God fix that woman. Watch God fix that boyfriend. God's going to either fix him or God's going to move him out of your life. You keep being afraid. 
You quit putting your mouth in it. You quit running off in the mouth telling what you're going to do because you can't do nothing. Give it to the Lord so he can move you. Huh? He said he knows his thoughts concerning you. Huh? Thoughts are good and not evil. To prosper you. God want to bring you to an expected end. God don't want nobody living no miserable wife with no husband and no miserable wife with a wife where they're beating you. Now, I understand that you don't get out any kind of way out of the marriage, but if he's beating you, he abruising you, he wounding you, he endangering your life, then God will not have you to stay in that situation. Romans 12 and 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, by, that, that you may discern what the will of God is, good and acceptable and perfect. See, if you get conformed to this world, you don't know what God will in your life. You're at the club every Friday night. You're hanging out with the guys every Friday night. You're out there partying every Friday night with the guys out there on the street. You don't know what God will in your life. You're going to be all confused. You're going to know what God's talking to you or what the devil's talking to you. So you got, can't be conformed to this world. That means doing what the world do. You've been born again. You were bought with a price. You don't belong to the world now. You're a new creature moving to a new city. You're a new person now. you got a new identity. you got a new nature now. You don't have that nature no more. Romans 8 and 28, but we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to their purpose. Listen, if you love God, God is working in your behalf right now. Do you hear me? If you love God, God is working in your behalf right now. He's fixing that thing. Yes, he is. You may not think he's fixing it. It may look like he don't care. It may look like you just praying all these prayers and matters get worse. But what you need to do is, is speak those things and do they would. Until you're looking at the, at the, at the circumstance, until you're looking at the situation, until you keep looking at the problem, what you need to look into the God that you serve. Because he's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than all your fear. Uh-huh. And speak those and speak positive. And begin to thank God for bringing you out. Even though you ain't come out yet, thank him for bringing you out. Thank him for giving you the victory. Thank him for straightening out your husband, for straightening out your wife, that boyfriend. For thanking him for that neighbor, that job, that supervisor. Begin to thank God. Begin to, you begin to praise him in advance. Thank him. The Bible says let him and weak say he's strong. Quit saying you're weak. Huh? Quit saying you're weak. And the Bible says say you're strong. Because as you say you're strong, then God's going to give you the victory. You're going to be able to walk victorious. Let me give another verse, Acts 20 and 24. But I do not account myself, my life's value of any precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive. Do the Lord Jesus Christ testify in the gospel of the grace of God. other words, Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind me. I don't count my life in anything, Paul said. Paul said, all that I've done, all the people that got healed and miracles worked in my life. Paul said, I don't focus on that right. I count myself at doom. I count myself at nothing. Just as long as Christ can use me to make a difference in the lives of others. Galatians 20. I'm going to say Hebrews 12 and 1. I'm going to let that be it. Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore, said we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, uh-huh, let us also lay aside every way, and sin would does so easily beset us, and let us run with, and with endurance the race that is set before What that means is you ain't in this by yourself. You ain't the only one tempted. Listen, baby, 
Those people been running this race a long time before you did. And they went through the same temptation and trials you went through, and they didn't give up. So don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you think that you in this thing by yourself? You tempted above somebody else. No. The Bible says God tempted no man above that is able. The temptation you're going through, God allowed to be so. He ain't put something on you that he ain't put on somebody else. So you humble yourself to acknowledge that, 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 that God can get you out of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Precious Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the lesson this afternoon. Telling us to come out, Lord. It's time to move. It's time for us to come out of this dead situation that we're in, God. We've been here so long, Lord. We just keep on doing the same thing over and over again. We keep on letting the devil put them shoes back on our feet. Keep on tricking us, Lord, telling us that we can't come out, telling us we can't quit smoking, we can't quit drinking, we can't quit gambling, we can't quit committing adultery, we can't quit committing adultery, we can't send that man wife back home, we can't send the husband uh, and send him back home because we, we love him and we so caught up with love that we thank God that we can't t- let it go. But, God, you said your grace was sufficient. So I pray this evening, God, that you would help somebody that is in a dead-end situation. Help this wife, God, who has been abused by her husband. The law ain't doing nothing about it. The police ain't doing nothing about it. The justice system is not doing nothing about it. And she got to go home, God, to this, to this cruelty. she got to go home, God, to this, this, this sadness. This brokenness, this woundedness. She got to go home and deal with his abuse and his offensiveness. It's not only abusing her with his mouth, but abusing her physically, Lord. And nobody's doing nothing about it, God. But God, I ask you to move in a hurry. She belongs to you, God. This is your child. It is not your will that it be so. So I ask you to move in a hurry, God. And the single angels there, the minister, Lord. Send your angels there to fight the battle, God. Send your angels to work it out, God. Bring that that wife out of that situation. Bring that husband out of that situation. Bring these children out of that abused home where the husband, where the mom and dad is abusing them and don't nobody know nothing about them, God. Molesting them, oh God, putting their hands on them in the wrong way, God, and don't nobody know nothing about it. These little children are yours, God. They belong to you. Let somebody, let it be revealed to somebody. Uh, Call somebody to know, God. For some way or somehow, God, let it be known, God, that somebody might step in and do something about it to bring these children out of their home, God, in the name of Jesus. And you work in that supervisor, it seems like he don't want to talk right, do right. He treat everybody else right but your child, God. But you be with him, Lord. You help him to hang on in that job, not quit, not give up. They need that job, oh, God. But 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 the job is becoming a burdensome. The God is becoming depressing. Uh, there is anxiety, God. It, 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 it's calling them, oh, God, now they want to go to work, God. But step in and fix it, Lord. Work it out, God. In the name of Jesus, send an angel on that job, God. In the bring that thing to knock, God. Deal with that supervisor. Call that supervisor to treat, treat them right, God. Call that supervisor to talk to them right. In the name of Jesus. And then, God, as I close, I ask that you would send your healing power. Somebody need to be healed. Somebody need to be delivered. Somebody need to be set free. Somebody need to be healed of cancer. Somebody need to be healed of tumor. Somebody need to be healed of high blood pressure, high blood sugar. Somebody need to be healed with cancer in the process, cancer in the colon, cancer in the breast, cancer in the blood, white and red blood cell, in the name of Jesus. Somebody need to be healed of a stroke, God. Somebody need to be healed of back trouble, God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody need to be healed in the eyes of God. Somebody laying.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.